Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to this episode of Tech Cars Machines, and this time it's going to be Tech Cars Regulation. In the opening audio, you heard some really beautiful sounds from San Francisco Bay. Our foghorns, the seagulls, which we hear if you're uh, close to the bay. And the reason you're hearing those sounds is because today we're going to be talking to the mayor of San Francisco, Mr. Mark Farrell, the 44th mayor of this great city. The mayor's intersection with the world of self-driving cars came to our attention a few weeks ago. In particular, we were really surprised to see Mayor Farrell write an open letter to about 50 entities involved in the self-driving world requesting local safety assessment processes and additional input from these from these companies into how these vehicles operate in various environments and whether they're safe to do so or not. And this was well before the recent very prominent headlines about a pedestrian fatality in the case of an Uber self-driving vehicle and driver fatalities in the case of Tesla vehicles operating on autopilot. This was really surprising to us because most mayors, most governors, uh, and many private companies are typically very eager and frequently unquestioning in their attempts to get a piece of the technology pie and especially a piece of the self-driving market. For the mayor of probably the world's most prominent technology hub, San Francisco, to hold his hand up and say, wait a minute, can somebody please explain what this is all about, make sure that there's a lot more input into the government while people proceed, was eye-catching for those reasons. Now, it's frequently fashionable for people to blame the government for slowing down innovation. In this particular case, we'd like to note two things. One, the mayor is a successful private business person himself. He's a former attorney, he's a former banker, and he's currently a venture capitalist. Not typically the kind of person you would think would try to slow down innovation. And of course, that's not what he's trying to do. Given this background, for him to raise a hand as a public servant in this case and say, wait a minute, please provide some explanations before these cars start rolling around on our streets, tells you something about how much there is left for these for the self-driving market to do to, to provide comfort to the public as they hope to roll these vehicles into the public domain. Second, very few industries owe as much to government as the technology industry. The internet itself was famously incubated by the Defar- Department of Defense. In automobiles, defense, space, and weather agencies are responsible for the critical global positioning systems, the GPS systems, and had a hand in developing the LIDAR, the laser radar technologies so prevalent and so critical to the operation of autonomous vehicles. Here's another example. The government, the federal government, in the 1990s, late 1990s, took military parts of the frequency spectrum and allocated it for use by the automotive industry for automotive radar. Shortly after that industry requested it, the now prevalent autonomous braking, intelligent cruise control, and many other systems would not have happened had the government not done this. And they did it in a fairly straightforward and efficient fashion. So we need to listen to Mark carefully as he describes why there's more work to be done on the part of the industry to get the buy-in of the public sector into their operations. During this interview, you'll hear Mark refer to something called TNCs. This stands for Transportation Network Company. This is the phrase that companies like Uber and Lyft used to argue that they are not, and therefore should not be regulated as, taxi companies. You'll hear the mayor allude to this and basically acknowledge that those companies managed to get away with it, but that that has raised the antennas of municipal governments 
to get ahead of the introduction of, of uh, some of these new features and new technologies because regardless of the public benefits, they have created a lot of headaches for municipal government in terms of managing uh, congestion. In the case of home sharing, like HomeAway and Airbnb, managing the conflicts between neighbors and zoning issues. And more importantly, in the case of self-driving vehicles, also managing safety issues. Without further ado, let's hear from Mark Farrell. Tech. Cars. Machines. Subscribe here or at gtkpartners.com. Mr. Mayor, as I've mentioned before, it's, a, it's an extreme pleasure to be here. We appreciate you taking the time. What made you focus on this issue and write your public open letter? And I would remind our listeners that this happened a few weeks before some of the recent accidents with Uber, the unfortunate accident with Uber in Arizona and Tesla on some of our local roads. To be honest with you, it, it came and was born out of reaction to some action that was taken at the state level in California. And here in California, we have a quirk of jurisdiction that local cities do not have control over autonomous vehicles. It's at, at the state level. And so we were informed that the state had made a rule that beginning on April 2nd here in 2018, they would begin and be open to issuing permits for autonomous vehicles on roads throughout the state of California, which obviously included the city of San Francisco. You know, we have a lot of uh, jurisdictional issues relating to TNCs and so for Uber and Lyft that are regulated at the state level, again, not at the local level. A lot of frustration over that because these are obviously companies that are having significant impact on our roads, significant concerns, and quite frankly, benefits as well to our residents. But we have zero say as a local government in San Francisco um, how they are governed. And so when we saw this letter, I was very concerned that without any oversight, without, quite frankly, any interaction with the city of San Francisco's government, we would start to have autonomous vehicles on our roads, and we wouldn't even know about it. And so what I did and you know, is ask these companies to come together uh, proactively, voluntarily, um, to meet with our city government. And the thing that concerned me the most is that they have an appropriate interface with our police, fire, and sheriff's departments. Because as you think about it, the biggest concern for me is public safety. And you mentioned the safety of our loved ones, whether it be our family and our little kids here in the streets of San Francisco, but the public safety of everyday residents in our city. And the notion that they would be driving autonomous vehicles on our roads without us even knowing about it and without having any interface with our city government, in particular our public safety departments, cause a lot of concern. Our fire department needs to know if they have to use the jaws of life in an accident, where the vulnerabilities are in these cars that they're driving. Our police officers, obviously, they can't pull an autonomous vehicle over and ask for the driver's license and registration, right? So we have to think about ways as a city government to interact with autonomous vehicles if and when they do come on our roads for the long term. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about it as a city government, and it's just important to have that dialogue. Right now, it's voluntary, it's proactive, but I was very encouraged by the dialogue that we did have, and I think it bears well for the future. Um, I think we're a long ways away. Uh, for it becoming, you know, prime time on our streets. But we need to have that interface. And unfortunately, the state laws that were allowing these permits to be issued or the, the potential of it to be issued were very vague, really didn't put a lot of public safety restrictions on these, on these companies. They literally could have handed us on a postcard their public safety plan, and that would have sufficed. And we take things very seriously in San Francisco, especially around public safety. So that was the purpose of the meeting. So essentially, it sounds like generally, while we may not have a problem with federal or state mandated 
sets of behaviors, uh, let's say by, by anyone who operates in the public domain. In this case, the state really didn't provide a lot of guidance at all. Is that essentially the issue? It's twofold. It's one that their permit authorization forms, if you will, weren't very specific around public safety. And again, as mayor of the city of San Francisco, that to me is job one, as you think about autonomous vehicles. I'll I'll leave the technology piece of me aside and and the excitement potentially for the future of our city and and the world. That's down the road. Right now, it's about public safety. Um, And by the way, it always will be uh, about public safety. But not only were they not specific... You know, there are different times when state and federal level have different forms of jurisdiction, but we also have jurisdiction here at the local level. In California, we are stripped of jurisdiction at the city level. We don't have any jurisdiction over these vehicles. And so it's both the vagueness of the state potential permitting system, but then the fact that as a city, we literally have no control over this. As mayor, I felt it was incumbent to actually step into this arena, step into the forefront and say, hold on, before you start issuing permits a few weeks from from now, Let's, let's all get together and let's understand the status of your technology. Can you please do some briefings with our public safety departments and the officials in those departments that are really tasked with monitoring this technology so we can literally start a dialogue together? And that's what had happened. One of the, if you will, the downsides of having the good weather we do is that within a, as a city with very good mix of high density and low density environments with good weather, that typically doesn't create the noise problems that uh, rain and snow does for these vehicles. We're kind of the natural choice for a place to test these vehicles. Yeah. Uh, L.A. doesn't quite have some of our very dense, uh, dense areas. San Diego doesn't. Phoenix doesn't. And then if you go to a Chicago or a New York or a Boston, uh, too often the, the, these vehicles just can't operate on the road in those weather conditions. And it was yeah. enlightening to walk through these demonstrations as well mm-hmm. and to the different technologies that they use and to see, quite frankly, how their mapping technology is working, both, both through the different types of sensors. But also in San Francisco, when we have downed trees, what does that do? How do these autonomous vehicles, or how do they not interpret the roads at that point in time? How do they go around them, and how does that affect other vehicles on the road? So we do have a, a great, as you mentioned, environment for testing. That being said, it is f- far from foolproof. Just in those demonstrations, you see all the dramatic changes to our roadways in San Francisco, whether it be construction, which we obviously has a lot of right now, whether it be down trees or other type of obstructions that just come into our roadways, pedestrians that are walking uh, you know, against the grain, if you will. It highlighted a lot of, lot of flaws and, and a lot of work that need to be done. And Mark, there you were referring to your request for a voluntary uh, industry confab, I guess I'd, I'd call it, or a conference that happened on March 22nd. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what were the surprises, what were the assurances you were offered, the results, the next steps. I do believe the proceedings were private, uh, but whatever you're comfortable sharing uh, would be very interesting for our listeners. In between calling for the meeting and the meeting itself, the accident with Uber down in Arizona had happened, which was obviously tragic and unfortunate. You know, I would say leading up into that point in time, we had a really good response rate. Afterwards, we had a great response rate. Everybody we asked to come to the table came. And I'm appreciative of that because we want to be inclusive with our dialogue. Um, So I was surprised at how many companies showed up. I was also surprised at how well prepared our public safety departments were to engage on this issue. Uh, We have had, we had PowerPoint presentations from our public safety departments asking them different questions and walking them through concerns 
um, to really start that dialogue. And it's important to have these autonomous vehicle companies, whether it be the OEMs or the technology, the software providers, or, or maybe the consumer companies as well, understand what our questions are as a city government. A lot of these questions they hadn't thought of. And it was helpful for them to say, you know what, that's a good point. I didn't think of it from your perspective. Let us work on that. It did highlight to me how far we have to go before this becomes real uh, on our streets. You mean as a technology? As a technology. Or as, um, as a cons- widely available consumer technology right. that both government and consumers are comfortable with. I think it's a long ways down the road. It's exciting. It's new. It's awesome. But there is so much left to be done. I really think we're, the, we're on the top of the first here. Mark, let me parse that a little bit. And when you say that, you are explicitly talking about your impression of what these vehicles can do, and less so whether the government can eventually accommodate whatever regulatory adjustments need to be made. Is that, am I correctly paraphrasing? Uh, yeah, I would say one of the surprising things was looking, walking through the demonstrations, again, how inspiring this technology is but also thinking about where we are today versus where that kind of real-world application on our streets, the I'm going to click on my app and an autonomous vehicle is going to come pick me up, it just strikes me we're a long ways away. And, you know, it's not only we're a long ways away from a government perspective and thinking this is ready for prime time, but I also got the sense, which I was very encouraged by, is that even these companies... And mind you, we just had the accident down in Arizona uh, about a week before the meeting actually happened. I really do believe that these companies are going to have a flight to quality because the only way that they're going to engender trust from what will be a skeptical universe, I think, in large part, there'll be a a group of of our population eager to try it and be the first first adopters. But I think there's going to be a large swath of the population that's very cautious. And I think there's going to be this flight to quality, and these companies are not incented to skirt government regulations or kind of do it cheaply to just be the first ones on the street. I actually think they want to do it right because they realize that any accident that they have, it's going to be blamed on this autonomous vehicle technology and really paint not only their own companies but the industry with a bad brush. Um, and so I, that was also very interesting to me and, and to see really how those wheels were turning. Did you feel that these companies were ready to take advantage of the freedom that the state had given them? Not even close. No way. And, they, and, and to their credit, and you know, they weren't ready either, and they acknowledged that. Uh, we haven't seen any permits pulled since, and, and I think we're a ways away from that. Look, when a company is ready, and if they are ready from a technology perspective, and as, again, my, my point of view, public safety perspective, that's great. We should welcome it. Um, and, and as fast as their technology can advance... I'm all for it, but it needs to be viewed, I believe, not only from a government perspective, but I think it will be viewed from a consumer perspective as a public safety first question. Very much so. So sounds like when Mark Rosekind, who's the uh, former National Highway Transportation Safety Board professional and current Zooks executive, yeah. when he got up, I, I believe he was the only executive to talk after the CONFAB, he said, we're not ready for prime time. So it sounds like it wasn't as maybe a controversial statement as it maybe sounded like or as it was reported to be after that. Yeah, I would agree with that for, for the, if, when the companies were being honest in the room. I think there's a lot of hype around technology and companies will, you know, especially those that are private, will hype their next products and, 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 and be excited about it. But 
Look, I really appreciate as well, you know, Zooks's approach. I mean, they were the, one of the first ones to agree to come. We're very transparent with us as a city government. We wanted to make sure that we protected their proprietary technology vis-a-vis the other companies in the room, and we did that with some of the people that were that offered us demonstrations. But Zooks has been a really good partner thinking through these issues, and really appreciate Mark's not only his background but his approach. So incredibly willing and wanting to work with our city government to solve these issues together, and quite frankly, that's what we need at the end of the day. You know, there's a there have been certain uh, companies that have succeeded, some of them by disregarding local governments, and they've made headway because of it. And quite frankly, that was the right approach for those companies. I think for the autonomous vehicle world, when you're really dealing with a lot more public safety issues, I think the right approach is to partner with local governments. And I think what these companies will find, I would imagine not just me as mayor of San Francisco, but other jurisdictions as well, is a desire to partner together. No one's going to be a, wants to be a roadblock. But people just want to get it right. Um, and obviously, every jurisdiction is different. Every elected official is different. So you can't control for all the crazy masses out there. But you, I will just say, at least in the city government of San Francisco right now, April 2018, you have a very willing partner that wants to work with these companies so that we're ready as a government and that they're ready as well. And it's also what it sounds like you were being, uh, as part of the discussions, it seems like the focus really has been on personal autonomous vehicle or sort of passenger uh, vehicles, less so about a push to maybe autonomize buses, small shuttles. It doesn't seem like that push is there yet, right? It's really the major OEMs as well as the, the Waymos and the Zookses of the world basically pushing for your typical sedan, if you will, or minivan. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Being spontaneous about this, I imagine that the bigger buses are a lot harder to control and, and, and a lot they have a lot more risk in terms of their their physical presence on the road um, and how they're able to, to be controlled or not. Um, but yeah, without a doubt, it's it's always it's been the you know the typical Lyft, Uber, uh, you know taxi pickup type con- type uh, conversation and how that translates into an autonomous vehicle. But you know what? If they get that right, you know then on to the bigger ones. But it, you know I also find it interesting some of the bigger transactions that have happened. Just my background in the space. You, know, you think about auto and I mean we're talking about big rig trucks. And the, and the technology around those, uh, you know, aftermarket, you know, kits that, that, that are retrofitted with. So I think it's a fascinating time for the industry. I think it's going to be a fascinating for a long time to come. But the winners are going to reap big rewards. Um, but I think there's going, to be, there's going to be a long road to hoe, a lot of wood to chop before those winners are really determined. Were there any requests from city government or does San Francisco have a plan to help the acceleration of the adoption of these Let's stick to driverless, not so much the scooters and the Ubers and, and all that, right. but just the driverless vehicles. For example, allowing the installation of beacon infrastructure or something to help these vehicles along. Has that been a request or any suggestions, or does the city have a particular view? You know, that really hasn't come up. I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of technology within our city. Government always have been. I've, we've been working for years on a fiber-to-the-premise project here in San Francisco for every home and business and connecting it to the Internet. I mean, this is, that's about the future and the future infrastructure of our city. You know, the Internet needs to be viewed as a utility, not a, not a nice-to-have part of our lives today. However, I think right now the approach in terms of adoption uh, or advancement of this technology, this is really about government waiting to see what develops from the private sector. 
uh, and hopefully being a partner with the private sector to understand where we're coming from, from a public safety point of view, to help guide maybe some questions that they might want to answer, some features that they might want to put into their technology, into their vehicles. But it's not really being talked right now about what is the government doing to promote autonomous vehicles. that's That's a little bit far. To me, it's more about the government being open to partnering together and saying we want to partner together. But again, I, you know, the government shouldn't be in the business, and I don't believe, of, of you know, promoting certain parts of our private sector over others. We have a busy enough time you know, making sure our streets are clean and our parks are safe. But that being said, again, we want to make sure that certainly in San Francisco, as we sit here as the technology capital of the world, the innovation hub of the world, um, that our own streets were open. And we're open to working with our partners in the technology community to advance whatever they're doing to make life better for our residents. As we talk about autonomous vehicles, I absolutely stand by that. You know, again, that this segment of our private sector in particular, however, in this industry, has a huge potential to affect public safety. And I think, therefore, our government and I as mayor have a much more keen interest in, in working together and being on top of this technology to make sure that whenever it does come to our streets and um, really does come on our, these, these cars do come on our roads, that we are ready for them as a local government, as from a public safety point of view. And of course, I'm going to be making sure the state and, and letting the state know my concerns and making sure that the state stays on top of making sure that they're safe to begin with. Um, again, unfortunately, from my point of view, regulated all at the state level. So that being said, it's incumbent upon us to lobby our own state officials to make sure that they know that we care about public safety and any issues that we see at the local government level as we interact with these companies, that the state is aware of them. I don't think anybody, state, local government, these autonomous vehicle companies, again, no matter where they play, whether, again, the, the Uber lifts of, of the world, the, the OEMs, the, the technology providers as well, or just the software companies, no one has an interest in providing an unsafe product out on the roads. Um, and I think, I, I think you've seen a retraction in the last month since, since the Uber incident down in Arizona. We'll see how long that retraction lasts, but I, I think it's here to stay for a little bit because the next time a vehicle gets out on the road, and this is the challenging part for this entire industry, even if a pedestrian would have otherwise been hit by a car because maybe there's a jaywalking or darting in front of a car from behind a car, any number of incidents, even if an accident would have happened irrespective, whether there's a driver or autonomous vehicle, if it is an autonomous vehicle that hits somebody, that incident and accident will be blamed on the autonomous vehicle industry. And your sense is that the people around you inside the city government will be prone to thinking about it the same way. It's a natural reaction. It's a natural reaction. Yeah. Yeah. When you That's are changing the status quo, the unfortunate burden is you are, um, you are brought to answer and brought to task for incidents that might have happened otherwise, but if they happen on your watch with your autonomous vehicle, you're going to be held accountable. And I think that is a hurdle, a, a, a much higher hurdle than people might otherwise think about uh, for this industry that will have to get overcome. Um, which, again, just speaks to the fact that they really need to work very hard on, I don't want to say perfecting, but getting to that 99% uh, for their own technology before it becomes massively adopted. Great. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I want to be respectful of the time you've uh, given us. Is there anything else you would like to add that maybe we didn't talk about? You know, as I mentioned to all these companies, I, 
as mayor of the city of San Francisco, this is the future, and I'm excited about it. It's the future of our roads and our country and likely around the world, and certainly here in our city, and we embrace that. But at the same point in time, it, I think it's incumbent upon everyone to understand, and I hope agree, that public safety is number one. Um, this is not like an Airbnb where, I mean, public safety could be an issue there, but that, that's not really the same thing. Renting out a, you know, a studio on Airbnb doesn't have the potential impact of, a, of an autonomous vehicle, you know, either doing great things or, unfortunately, getting into an accident. Um, so it really has the ability on our congested roads of San Francisco to have a massive public safety effect. And so we want to make sure we do it right. And I've been encouraged so far by the dialogue. I think it's a long-term dialogue that we're just beginning. But it's exciting, again, but I want to make sure that we continue to keep our eye on the ball of public safety. Plain and simple. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Tech. Cars. Machines. Subscribe here or at gtkpartners.com.